Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Spark Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Crisp, and I'm 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 here all alone today, actually. <laughs> I know we've been out of it for a while and I, we haven't posted many episodes recently. The reason for that is we got together to discuss the format of the podcast and we concluded that we wanted to make this podcast more of an informative type of podcast. You know, getting insights into the industry. Uh, by having interviews and, and, you know, getting that information for people who, like me, want to become a part of the sports industry. Um, so we still want to have those episodes where we get together and discuss games and leagues and uh, players, but it just won't be as frequent. But without further ado, let us jump into our second interview of the Sports Bar Interview Series. again welcome back everyone to the sports bar interview series i am very excited to be here today with our second guest justin kempisty justin is a fellow aggie like myself and he is the director of corporate partnerships for the houston dynamo and houston dash fc he has been in the organization for over three years and has dealt with a great deal in the industry welcome justin to the sports bar podcast thank you for having me andrew uh Really excited to be a part of this opportunity and obviously connect with a fellow Aggie. Woo. Woo. Uh, thank you for having me on. No, yeah, of course, of course. We're always excited to have uh, new people in, in the podcast. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. Um, so just, just to start off, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? How, how did you first get involved in, in the sport industry? Um, well, really, I started loving sports uh, probably around junior high. Um, had a lot of friends play football. Um, I actually never really played football, soccer, or any of those things. I was a swimmer for most of my life. So had a lot of friends who were, you know, playing football. Um, we really didn't have a team growing up in Houston for a football team per se. Um, but I'd always watch the Astros. I'd always, always watch the Rockets, some from Houston. And when the, uh, Texans first came to town after the Oilers left, I really got me into football. And I just started loving football. Football, American football was actually uh, what got me into really, really deep sports. And, um, you know, throughout my junior high, high school career, watching our football team win state, um, you know, our swim team was very good. Had a lot of friends on the baseball team. Um, really made me fall in love with all types of sports. And, you know, I thought when I went to college, you know, it'd be really fun to work in sports. And, <laughs> And ever since then, it really kind of never left my mind. Um, and obviously, you know, going to a school like AM, sports is king, especially football. Yeah. You can't not help but just kind of fall in love with the game in a bunch mm. of different ways. And you really connect with it on an emotional level. And I, I was particularly connected to it um, just from, again, going to every single game, getting to network with players, the traditions we had at AM, and just said, you know, I really would like to do this. 
uh, be a part of this industry for the rest of my life. I spend so much time researching it, watching it, loving it, buying merchandise, may as well work in it. So that's really how I uh, found, found my way into sports or had a, <laughs> developed a passion for sports. Yeah, that, that sounds really awesome, really how you, because you said you were a swimmer, you started loving sports because of football. I think everyone has a different like path on how they get started in sports. For me, I started watching basketball because of Manu Ginobili. Um, he, he was from Argentina. I was born in Argentina. And so I kind of started that relationship and that kind of got me into the sports scene as well. So it's very interesting to hear how that got you swimming, got you into football and got you into other sports. Yeah. And it was, uh, it, again, competition just kind of, uh, it really truly develops you in a bunch of different ways. So um, whether you're actually competing or, you know, you have a team that you're rooting for that's competing almost for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what really makes it exciting to be a part of. Yeah, completely, completely. And uh, I mean, I'm very interested in your trajectory and your career path because you, you knew you wanted to work in, in sports, but then you worked in, in media and then you worked to in human resources providers. And now you're working in a sports organization, kind of you, you followed your dream and you got there. But how, how did that go from working to, in media to human resource provider and now in the sports organization? Yeah, so it's a funny story. So I'll take you a little bit back before I started working um, to my, my last two years at A&M. And I had graduated or was graduating with a marketing degree with marketing and sales. But one thing that I had realized that there's, uh, there's two different types of selling. There was a very relationship, long-term relationship. Uh, approach to selling. And then there was the quick turn and burn, you know, have a bunch of, make a bunch of calls a day, you know, try to get as many as, as you know, calls as you can type of selling. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you do have to do both, but some, you know, I, I really did not feel like that type of selling, which would, um, you know, end up being like the basic, you know, your basic sell was really my strength, but I felt like presenting and developing relationships were my strength. So I thought that, an opportunity in sports was really only limited to ticket selling and then being on the marketing team. I did not really think that there was a middle area until my last year at AM and I was kind of looking on teamwork online and I found the corporate partnerships opportunity for um, just a team. And I was reading the job description. And I was like, that looks exactly like what I want to do. Uh, it's a combination of selling and marketing. So you know, obviously a position like that has to have a, a little bit, quite a bit of experience in a bunch of different fields. And I didn't think that I had that experience. So I didn't apply and I didn't want to do ticket sales. So um, fast forward, I was coaching summer swim team um, that I had done for 10 years right out of college. And one of the dads from the swim team was our local radio DJ here in Houston on a morning show. And he said, hey, man, I know you are looking for an opportunity. Why don't you just come hang out and have a good time at the radio station? Um, learn a bit about the business until you figure out what you want to do. I promise you'll have a good time. I was like, oh, sure. That sounds like fun working in radio. So uh, a couple of weeks later, I started with the radio station and I started learning really what radio was about. I started um, really diving into wow, it's a way for these businesses, these companies to get their message out in a bunch of different ways, right? Whether it's running their own ads, whether it's doing on-site remotes, whether it's doing endorsements, mm -hmm. things like that. So it was more than just the DJs and the music that you hear um, at every radio station. There's a whole business side to it. So I really got to learn that. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. This goes right along with my degree 
And so I did that for two and a half years. I ended up actually having my own radio show for um, about six months from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m., four days a week. Um, you know, obviously the night shift is the best shift. All, you know, five people listening to you at night. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was really cool to see, to not just, you know, learn about the product, how to be on the radio, how to run a soundboard, but really how to manage clients, how to go out and prospect clients. I would see all these account executives, account managers at the radio station, um, how strong their relationships were with their clients. And it just seemed like, wow, this is exactly the type of selling that I've been looking for. Very relationship driven, um, long-term clients. I mean, these people had clients that have been, you know, their clients for 10 years or so that they were just really getting really creative with. And so it really kind of showed me what you would call that traditional media really was. And so that really was my first foray into true marketing in the industry. Um, you know, but after that, I felt like, you know, the one thing that was missing was that really cutthroat selling opportunity, which was, you know, picking up the phone, calling, cold calling, reaching out to people, which no matter what type of sales you're in, you need to do that. And you need to learn how to do that. Well, there's always going to be a fear of doing that and reaching out to somebody cold. Right. Um, and so I feel like I couldn't learn that there. Uh, so I ended up finding an opportunity with um, ADP uh, payroll. And the reason why I went there is because they had the number one sales training program in the industry. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go there and just go get my butt kicked for a couple of months. And um, I did. I mean, I was scared to death of cold calling. I, you know, it was something that I, I wasn't frightened of public speaking, but I was frightened of cold calling. So, and I don't know how usually it's the opposite, but yeah. the radio I, made that easier for me to public speak. But for some reason, picking up the phone calling scared me to death. It, but, it sounds like a real millennial problem. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. And so, again, I, I was there for about a year and a half, and I, I was able to not only learn how to sell on the turn and burn side, if you call it turn and burn sales, which is pick up the phone 100 times, call make 100 calls, make 100 dials, but really how to network how to go to a networking event, introduce yourself, how to truly, you know, give out your business card and give these people you want to meet your value proposition. What is it you're trying to not even sell them, but what is it you're trying to solve um, in their industry that they may have a problem with, right? So a lot of things I hadn't learned just being in radio and watching, but I actually kind of got to do it. So I felt like I took, once I got that experience, I said, you know what, now I can take my experience in radio and my experience in selling. I want to go back to radio and sell. So I went back to my competitors' radio stations and ended up selling for the radio cluster for about a year. And then, you know, after that, I actually got recruited by one of my ad agency clients uh, to be their head of business development. So they were a budding uh, ad agency. It was very successful, did a lot of great work. And it was really great to be able to lead the sales initiatives for that advertising agency and had the experience of traditional but one thing I really liked about being about this ad agency is not only because I, I had come from a traditional background, so I could sell radio and TV very easily, but I did not know about digital and social media as much. Mm -hmm. So what this ad agency taught me was really the details of digital marketing, digital media, and how to reach them that way and really develop a fully integrated marketing campaign that had a bunch of different touch points. And the reason why I want to bring that up is because when I was, um, you know, talking to, when I, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So I, I was there for, for quite a bit, almost two years, actually a little over two years. And my sports itch was always calling me, right? And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to go into sports, it needs to be now because I'm getting older and I need to just jump on an opportunity. So I um, 
actually came on a networking event, came to a networking event with the Dynamo specifically. And I knew exactly who I wanted to talk to there, which was their director of partnership marketing. His name was Bill Zachary. Fantastic guy. I can credit him fully for my opportunity in sports. Um, just went up and talked to him and talked a little bit about my experience. And, you know, he really, he didn't really hit it off. And I told him, Hey, I think I have what it takes to do this job. He's like, I think you do as well. Um, but we don't have an opportunity right now, but like, let's stay in touch because I think your experience is what we're looking for because it's not specifically sports. It's marketing. And that's what we do. And I was like, okay. So we stayed in touch for over the course of a year. And I want to say literally a year to the day that we had gone to that networking event, called me up and said, Hey, you want to get lunch? And I said, yeah. And he's like, Hey, um, our chief commercial officer at the time, Steve Powell, um, you know, wants to, wants to get lunch. Uh, he's definitely someone you want to get to know. And I was like, that sounds very exciting. Absolutely. Time and day. So I met uh, Bill and Steve for lunch and he basically was a, it was a lunch interview. We talked a little bit about, you know, my trajectory, kind of like what we're doing on this podcast. Um, <laughs> He asked me, you know, some questions that were very marketing specific questions that I could answer very easily because of my industry experience in agency and radio. And at the end of lunch, he's like, you know, there's an opportunity available. You know, if you want it, let's talk more and just let me know what we need to do to get you here, essentially. And so that's really how I got back into sports. But I, I think back to that opportunity I was looking at in college, thinking, how am I going to get to this opportunity in corporate partnerships? How do I get this experience? And everything that I had done leading up to that lunch had prepared me to do this job, to be qualified for this job, to understand marketing in a, in a different type of way that was outside of sports. Because then I can talk to these companies at a higher level and really show them why sports, why our team, and, and integrate their marketing campaigns and really solve their problems in a, in a bunch of different ways, right? So that's how I got into sports, and I've been with the Dynamo for little over three years now and you know it sounds like a lot <laughs> but um definitely think it, it it prepared me so much more than had I gone you know the, the traditional ticket sales to corporate partnerships route yeah yeah I, I think you just answered maybe two or, or two or three questions I had right after this one but uh, that's no no problem because uh, honestly I love how you kind of just dove in into all the opportunities you had I mean, working in, in, in that radio station and having the opportunity to be a radio host too and using those experiences in the agency as well to to go back into sports. I think that's something that's very valuable that is, is sometimes lost in today's world. Uh, people kind of are, are a little too picky with what they want, but uh, I love that you kind of dove in and you learned from your experiences and use that to get into the sports organizations. Yes. And I would tell anybody, you know, listening, you know, don't be discouraged if, you know, you can't get into the departments of, you know, sports right away. Use me as the prime example is go gain the experience for the position you want mm -hmm. because it'll be that much more valuable in the long run. Yeah, completely. I, I guess this, this leads into kind of one of the questions I was going to ask as well is you already kind of answered it a little bit, but what did you learn from these roles outside? Uh, what do you think is the most valuable thing to take from those roles and bring them back into the sports industry? I think one of the things I learned was, you know, specifically on the marketing side, understanding what and why these companies in terms of their marketing, you're, you're, you're reaching out to their marketing people, their community people, the what and the why they're doing what they're doing currently um, as in depth as possible really helps you 
create an opportunity and develop an opportunity with the team to add to or solve a problem that you may have found or that they have not been able to uh, solve in their marketing or community opportunities and campaigns. So had I, again, like I did not understand digital marketing at all before I went to the agency, but now I'm realizing, you know, digital is probably one of the number one assets that we sell as a team. And I'm understanding what it does, why it does what he does, and how to really translate that into value for clients, how to show them why our digital part, why the digital part of our partnership is effective for them. So Mm -hmm. again, when you're reaching out to these people, you're supposed to be seen as the expert. You always want to be the expert in your role in your field. And if you don't know those opportunities, um, you know, you're going to look like a deer in headlights when you're talking to these C-level executives who are trying to explain their marketing opportunity and campaigns to you. So I'm glad that I was able to learn and and absorb all the information I could from those experiences um, and translate them now into the sports industry um, and kind of have the same similar conversations uh, that I had had previously. Completely. Uh, Learn all you can uh, before you get the shot you want. You you told us why, why marketing? Why corporate partnership? Why, why is that what you wanted to go into specifically? Can you give us kind of a, an in-depth explanation for that? Yeah. So then, you know, kind of back to college, I, again, I was, I had a degree, degree in marketing and, you know, if you were in business school at AM, there was a lot of opportunities where you would work in groups and you would present mm-hmm. to the class. Um, so I'm sure if you were at Mays, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but you know, there are a lot of people in your marketing groups who maybe their forte is not presenting. Their forte is not speaking to the class, but it's very uh, much preparing and doing the analytics and the kind of the behind the scenes things. So my first, you know, opportunity came when we were doing a group project. I think it was my sophomore year. And they were like, hey, we need a presenter. And they volunteered me. And I just said, okay, I'll present. <laughs> they volunteered <And> you. <laughs> they volunteered me. And I was like, okay, they're like, you're the most, you know, outgoing, uh, you have the loudest voice. I think I was in a team of all girls who didn't want to speak at all. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I ended up doing it. I I thought I did a very good job. We ended up getting a very high mark in the class. And I was like, you know, presenting is my, might be my thing. You know, I I really like being able to, but it's a, it's a type of sales sales. Right. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I started presenting, the more and more I, I saw that the way I presented would get opportunity opportunities, excited and by opportunities i mean like whether it's selling yourself selling a product people would get excited about what you're talking about right that's a that's a type of sell so i again wanted to work into sports it was between ticket sales or marketing i did not think that there was an opportunity kind of in the middle so until i read that job description just randomly one night in college um, did not know the corporate partnerships opportunity existed and i said wow this sounds like exactly what i've been looking for it's a combination of selling relationship building also building marketing campaigns for big partners, for big corporations um, to really get their message through through the team, um, through our marketing opportunities, through our media, through our community initiatives. And yeah, ever since then, I, I just felt like that was where I was supposed to be. That's what I was supposed to do. And what gets me excited is when you're working with a partner and you know, you're, you're presenting these opportunities to them and they get really excited about what they can accomplish with you through the team and with the team, right? And you get to see those kind of campaigns come to life on game day, on social media, in the community. And they're just so excited that they get to partner with the Dynamo and the Dash. Or one of our players is out at their store and they're making a big appearance and you know you have fans coming out and they're getting, getting really super excited. So and you can say, wow, 
we put that together. That was awesome. And you trusted me to deliver this opportunity to you and execute it 150%, right? It's, it does, it's better than anything you ever thought it was going to be that gets you excited and makes you happy. And it's very fulfilling in a lot of different ways that uh, as well. Mm. And, and so it, it's a lot of selling. You're, you're telling us that. And, but, and like you say, you're, you're selling a product, a service or yourself, whatever it is, you're, you're pretty much presenting yourself if you're selling something. Uh, how can that kind of differ between ticket sales? How, how would a, like a presentation in corporate partnership go, you know? I think ticket sales, the, the selling process, the sales process is significantly different, right? Um, you have people immediately on ticket sales, and this is not every ticket sales person, but you know, from, from my experience in that type of selling turnaround ticket sales, it's very, very volume driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very script driven, right? It's you only have one product to sell and you're trying to get people to buy it, yeah. right? You in corporate partnerships, and I would say the ticket sales process is month to month, right? You have monthly goals, right? You have games coming up that you need to fill. You have season ticket holder goals that you need to fill. You have membership goals you need to fill. In corporate partnerships, you know, we have annual revenue goals, right? Some of our opportunities really will take, you know, my quickest, my quickest opportunity was three-month sales process. My longest one is going on three years now from like wow. the day I started, right? So you have to be prepared mentally to kind of massage that relationship and, and, and really see this thing through the long haul. So I'd say, you know, you have to be prepared for that long sales process, but also not get frustrated because again, when you're trying to get that sell, right, you're blowing their email up, you're calling them a million times, you know, doing whatever, you know, my sales process will be, you know, Hey, three months later, we know we from our first conversation, we're just getting lunch and I'm learning about your family. Right. I'm, I'm really truly cultivating a long lasting relationship because we want these opportunities to be with our team for many, many years, you know, three years minimum. Some partnerships can be up to, you know, 20 years plus. So yeah. again, it's not instant gratification, but you got to be willing to play the long game. And again, the money's a lot bigger as well, right? We're not hunting for a dollar. We're hunting for a hundred thousand dollars. We're hunting for multi-million dollar opportunities to really grow our team uh, in a bunch of different ways. Mm. It, it sounds kind of like, the process itself, you're, you're, the way you're explaining it, is kind of similar between ticket sales and corporate partnership. It's just the 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 amount of time you're spending on that sale is is what's the key factor. Right, and uh, one thing I'll tell you too, it's not every company is a good prospect for a partnership with our team. You have to really know who your market is, who your fans are, and what type of reach and, and uh, how far your reach goes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I could, you know, I could call a bunch of companies and one of their objections, objections could be, they don't have the money. Right. So a lot of research is done in terms of, is this the right person or right company to, for me to spend this amount of time on? Right. So it's all, it's the old adage, like, you know, time is money. So it really is true in corporate partnerships. Right. So I can say, here's 20 companies and I want to be able to tell you exactly why I think this is a good opportunity for the Dynamo and Dash. Why am I going to spend three to six months to a year pursuing this opportunity? Is it because they do things with other teams? Is it because I know that they have money? Is it because I know that they're trying to reach our market, which is primarily Hispanic and female with the Dynamo and Dash, right? I want to give you some reason why you have no doubt that I'm going to spend a year reaching out to this team and it's not going to be a waste of time. Yeah. Or reaching out to this opportunity. So that's what you have to tell. You have to, you have to almost tell yourself 
you have to almost sell yourself of why you think this business is going to be an opportunity other than it's just another business to call, right? It's not necessarily a volume game like it is in ticket sales. Yeah. Do you, you want to be more precise with who you're targeting that could help you uh, increase that revenue, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so, and so that's kind of the sales side of it. Can you, can you give us a little bit of, of the marketing side? You might've already explained it to us, but would you mind uh, telling us again? Yeah. So the marketing side really is, again, you want to put yourself in the, in the client's shoes, right? And so remember all the experience that I had previously with about, you know, digital, traditional social media marketing opportunities, you want to be able to understand from these companies why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you can take everything they're telling you back to your team and brainstorm ideas of, okay, Hey, you know, they have a really strong, I'll give you an example. They have a really strong social media presence and they'd really like to expand their reach. How can we leverage our social media presence to make their social media presence bigger and give them more eyeballs for our team? So when you talk about a fully integrated marketing campaign, that's basically saying we want to reach fans wherever they're, we want to follow them on their journey, right? When they're watching TV, we want them to think Dynamo. When they're on their phone, we want them to think Dynamo. When they are um, checking their email, we want them to think Dynamo, right? Maybe they're out shopping and they see something Dynamo, right? So we really want to have as many touch points as possible so again, maybe we have a really great social media team uh, opportunity there. And then we say, hey, well, hey, you guys are running commercials. You know, what type of commercials are you guys running on what stations? Oh, you know, I understand that you have a very dominant Spanish, you know, station opportunity. Well, one of our broadcasts is in Spanish. Why don't we run two ads per game during the middle of our, you know, during halftime and, and post game of our team to kind of add to that reach to your Hispanic marketing mix, right? So then they're like, oh, that, you know, that works out. You know, fans are engaged during the game. So that's another opportunity that we'll leverage and kind of put together in terms of the overall partnership. Or, hey, you know, I really like foot traffic. So um, I'm very interested in stadium signage. I want the impressions of people who go to the game every single day or every single time there's a Dynamo War Dash game or a Liga MX game. Uh, so maybe that's where stadium signage is very important to them um, to get the foot traffic opportunity. So again, it's, it's, it's diving as deep as you can into their marketing mix and really understanding their business and the why of, of what they're doing. I can see how, how you're trying to sell to this uh, corporate corporation who, who wants to maybe perhaps join the team. And then you're also acting kind of like as an um, agency for them, like mm-hmm. an ad- advertisement agency and and using your platform to expand their product, their service, or their brand. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the yeah. nail on the head, Andrew. It's, I, it's I, literally a, another medium, just like radio, just like TV, but it's a sports team. And our, yeah. our advantage is we have the emotions. We have the engagement of the fans. We have their, we have their undivided attention during that game and in many different ways to hit them or yeah, reach them. I, I, I really like how you explained that. It, it's... Um, I mean, I'm learning this with our listeners too. Uh, so it's it's very fascinating that there's kind of like a role, corporate par- partnership that involves both of these sides. It's really interesting. And so in the industry, what what is what did you not expect when you first started? Kind of what, what kind of shocked you a little bit? <laughs> uh, about the industry or yeah. um, really how... <laughs> how much um, negotiation there has to be internally versus externally, right? So what do you mean? One thing I had to learn is, is I, you know, I came from two different industries where when I, I was in complete control over what I was doing with my clients, 
Mm-hmm. Um, for radio, it's literally the only thing you have to do in terms of collaboration is run traffic, which means get your ads through to make sure that they run on time. They need to be trafficked, you know, appropriately um, because you're going to build a schedule, right? So now there's so many different stakeholders um, within the team. So and I, and at first I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to having so many people involved in what I'm doing with my clients. Um, so it's been a, it's been over the course of three years, it's gotten, uh, you know, a lot better, right? It's gotten, um, I'm able to really work with everybody in the team. Um, but everybody, we need everyone to buy in, right? We want, I want everybody internally to get just as excited as the client is to partner with us, right? I wasn't used to having so many different stakeholders develop an opportunity with me or be a part of my sales process. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just as much of a negotiation internally as it is externally. So I would recommend, you know, if you're doing corporate partnerships, you want to spend as much time as you can trying to get everybody as excited about this opportunity as you, um, because they are a stakeholder, right? They, they are going to perform for your clients. They're going to make stuff happen for your clients and blow, blow the, blow it out of the water, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I never thought of it that way. Thinking about it, you really need to get everyone involved, everyone excited about the the new partnership, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and working with an organization like the Houston Dynamo and Houston Dash, I mean, they have, it's one club, two separate teams, Dynamo and the Dash. Are there different strategies that go into each team, the women's versus the men's, or, or do you guys pretty much partner with the same companies for both or have different partnerships for each it's so we have some different partnerships for each but i think the strategy going forward because we are one club is to have the same partner have an an opportunity um with both teams because i think that it reaches two different types of demographics in different ways Hmm. so you know you have your you know hispanic dominant play with the dynamo um and then you have your female um, LGBTQ opportunity with the dash. So I say, you know, if, if you're doing the dynamo, you are going to be remiss if you don't do anything with the dash and we can do the same assets. We can do different assets, but again, it's really understanding who they're trying to reach and what they're trying to do with these mediums. So I'll give you like the best example, right? If we're selling, if I'm selling for a radio station cluster and we have a country station and a Spanish station, I'd like to get them on both. And I'll, here's, here's why. So it's like having a different radio station, right? A different market. But again, it's also explaining the dash, you know, telling them the story of the dash, how they're recent champions, again, getting them excited about it, showing how many players play for their national teams. Um, really their, their big play is social media. They're um, absolutely amazing on social media and they're genuine and people really buy into that and they become emotionally connected to that. So that's part of the kind of the story we want to tell these businesses who just, you know, are only thinking about the dynamo, like, Hey, you know, this is an opportunity that you're going to regret missing out on. So again, the strategies are the same, you know, we're reaching out to the business and I, I don't reach out to the business to talk to them about the dynamo and the dash. I reach out to the business to learn more about their marketing problems and see if we can't as a team help them find a solution um, in a multiple different, in multiple different ways. Mm, yeah. Kind, kind of being associated with the team dynamo dash is kind of like the last benefit for them. Right. 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 And so sometimes I don't even think sports. Right. And I, I, again, you have to think of, you have to approach it as you're a marketing consultant mm-hmm. and your platform is sports. And so again, your job is to find the problem and provide a solution. 
you leveraging everything we have as the dynamo and the dash. Is so, that something that's really hard to do? Kind of, kind of separating the sport from, from your job in terms of, in terms of how, I guess like what, I mean, working for a sports team organization, it's kind of like a, a, a seductive job, like it's a sexy <laughs> job, you know? And so yeah. is it hard to kind of separate that from, let's say, when you're working with a with a partnership or, or starting to to talk with a corporation? Um, well, I, I would say I would say yes and no. I would say you got to take the fandom out of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm lucky enough to have, you know, to be working for the team in the market that I grew up at, right? So remember what I told you about, you know, selling, it's about getting the partner excited about what you can do for them. Well, sometimes that comes out being a fan, right? Sometimes you're just excited, you're excited that this is your team. This is like the team that you grew up watching in terms of soccer and you really want this partner to be a part of this, right? It's about projecting that and showcasing that and getting them just as excited as you. So you know, again, you have to think of it in any role, whether in corporate partnerships, ticket sales, marketing. I mean, it's a business just like any other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Except that you just you get some really cool perks and you get to do a lot of cool things. But at the end of the day, your job is to generate revenue for the team in corporate partnerships, ticket sales and marketing. Your job is to generate excitement and gain awareness and gain fans um, for the Dynamo and the Dash. So, okay. yeah, that's uh, and I guess that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. What do you enjoy the most working with the sports organization like the Houston Dynamo and Dash? Uh, I mean, is it that fandom since you grew up there uh, that you're able to work with that team that you watched or or grew up with? Um, Yeah, I think, again, it's just because I I spent so much time involved in all, you know, all types of sports. Uh, You know, when I was not in sports, I would find myself spending time on the internet, you know, looking up sports highlights or looking up who's winning, right? I got ESPN updates daily, right? So it's fun Mm -hmm. to know that, you know, you're eight to five, even though selling is not an eight to five job at all. So if anyone thinks that they need to take a better look about where they want to spend their time and and know that this is a job that's going to take up some of your weekends. This is a job that's going to take up some of your nights, uh, you know, during the week when you want to go do things. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to want to commit that to grow in this industry, but um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very enjoyable because I get to do what I love um, for a team that I love. And it makes it better that, you know, I have uh, bosses and team that really want you to grow and succeed and have your back. Right. Uh, and you do get to enjoy being a fan at times. Like, I, I don't want you to think that right, or any of your listeners to think that you can't enjoy working in sports and be a fan working for a team. No, it's definitely enjoyable. You're going to be just as passionate. But the other side is you can't look at it like, you know, a true fan like you can't get mad if the organization doesn't make a move you or what you want to, or a transfer yeah. you want to right or a trade you want to or if you're if you're the last place team <laughs> you're in the league you can get mad at that you just can't project that how much you know how you'd like so that's maybe the one time i'd say you got to pull the reins back on being a fan but yeah that's really funny i hadn't thought about that you can't you can't get mad at, at the tv yelling uh, <laughs> while watching the game <laughs> and with people now the pandemic overing sports are opening back up what, what would you recommend one thing you would recommend to people to graduates who are wanting to go into this industry what is the one thing you would recommend for them i would say um and i actually had a conversation with our with our cro about this um and i gave a presentation a couple months back if you want to work in sports, I would recommend researching every single opportunity 
and know what you want to do before you step into sports. Because yes, you know, if your corporate partnerships, I'll give you an example of if that's your aspiration, don't just hop into ticket sales with the hopes of getting into corporate partnerships, right? You need to go into ticket sales like you're going to be the best ticket salesperson that the industry has ever seen. Um, and sometimes you'll get stuck there, just to be honest with you. Sometimes you won't have a path forward to that opportunity, whether it's corporate partnerships or marketing or community relations or analytics um, from just, you know, get, uh, getting your foot in the door job. If I'm going to recommend something, I'd say the way you need to get your foot in the door is to start connecting with people in the sports industry from different leagues, different teams who are currently doing the job that you want to do. And they're going to give you recommendations about their path. And I'll, like, I'll give you, you know, I'm, I'm the prime example of someone who did not start in sports, but I knew what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I would tell those people develop the skills necessary for you to do that job. And that opportunity will present itself because Again, you got to be prepared, right? That's um, that's just being, it's not being lucky, right? Lucky is being prepared at the right time. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. At times, uh, with people are kind of blinded with their goals. They, they really are set on going a certain, certain path, but then sometimes you're fighting it, you know, instead of kind of just going with it, looking at other opportunities that might maybe turn around and lead into that opportunity. It kind of happened with you. And I think it's very valuable having that experience like yourself working in in other industries that you learned properly from and then moved it back into the sports industry. Absolutely. And the number one thing I'd say, too, is no matter what position you feel like you want to be in in sports, networking should be your number one thing. You need to know people in different positions or different organizations and build your brand. You want people to look at your LinkedIn, look at your opportunities and say, I know that person. I know what they bring to the table. Um, so when an opportunity comes up, you know, you're maybe hopefully one of the first calls that they make for that opportunity. So just network, 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 build your brand, get your name out there. And those opportunities will start presenting themselves. Yeah, that, that, that's something I've heard a lot from, uh, not just yourself, Justin. So I really take that into heart. Uh, but I, I appreciate you coming on, on the podcast. I, I loved having you over. I loved learning from you and what corporate partnership is. I learned a lot from it. I hope our listeners learned a lot from it too. Um, is there anything you, you'd like to plug in, maybe a future game coming in that's important for the Houston Dynamo? Yeah, if you have not you know, gotten an opportunity to follow the Dynamo, our next coming game is on Wednesday against Sporting Kansas City. Um, we're looking good this season. So again, if you have not hopped on an, any MLS team bandwagon right now, the Houston Dynamo should be your number one. <laughs> I agree with that. I want to I want to jump on that one too cuz I'm H Town represent so let's go Houston Dynamo <laughs> and let's go Houston Dash too. I'm, I support the the teams both Absolutely. teams are really good. And the da- yeah, the Dash defending in NBSL Challenge Cup champions. So, uh yeah, they're they're fantastic to watch. Those girls give their heart. You'll see plenty of those girls too on their national teams. So, you yeah. there's a lot of names you'll recognize. Yeah, completely. Well, again, Justin, thank you so much for for taking time out of your day and visiting us here at the Sports Bar. Really appreciate it. And I hope everyone out there listening learned a little bit, takes Justin's advice to heart and keeps moving forward to get into that sport industry. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, of course, of course. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thank you. You too.